Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Switch to Metro by T-Mobile and save more. Get the new iPhone SE now with 5G at the lowest price in prepaid. Just $99.99. I post a lot. And thanks to the iPhone SE with 5G and advanced 4K camera, I'm snapping and sharing while my followers are smashing the like button. Switch and get the iPhone SE for just $99.99. Only at Metro. Save more versus national prepaid brands. Limited time offer in store only. Price for 64 gigabyte model with eligible port, $60 plan, and ID. See 5G device coverage and access details at MetroByTMobile.com. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. Truly, William Eric Alexander, all my friends call me Bill, and welcome to Online with Bill Alexander here on Fayette TV Channel 777 and also on WMCK.FM. As we're uh, doing the program now on multiple locations, you can find me at italkradio.us. You can find me at onlinewithbillalexander.com. You can find me on Fayette TV Channel 77, and you can also find me on WMCK.FM. Well, Originally, we had planned for this evening a friend of the program, Mr. Clark Ingram. We were going to talk about Dumont TV, and we were also going to talk about UHF TV in the city of Pittsburgh and in the East Coast of the United States. Unfortunately, Clark is under the weather, and Clark's not able to be here tonight. So what I did was I reached out real quick, and I called my go-to anytime I need to fill in. And on the phone right now, I have Mr. Eric O'Brien of PBRTV.com. Eric, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, we were supposed to do a year-end 2018 show, and it never got off the ground. So I guess that's well, what we're going to do tonight. I guess we're going to review 2018. Now I have to remember what what <laughs> happened in 2018. Two, two months late, but hey, better late than never, right? That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so... Uh, well, I'll let you uh, lead off the uh, discussion, and I will I will fill in the answers. Because he's like, I have no idea what the hell we're talking about. 
that's about right. <laughs> well, that works out really well. Anyway, big stories of twenty of of twenty eighteen that happened in media. The biggest one happened at the end of the year. Well, I don't know if it's the biggest or not, but Wendy Bell coming back to the broadcast airwaves in the city of Pittsburgh. Well, that's actually the beginning of this year, but yeah, you're you're right. She um, she made it her triumphant return, and I use that term loosely because I don't know how triumphant it was. Uh, but I think um, I think in in the big picture of everything with Mike Pintech's death. And so on. KDKA was trying to uh, kind of go for that younger audience, or or at least an audience that isn't uh, between seventy-five and death. And um, so they kind of reconnoitered everything at the beginning of the year with uh, Larry and John now from six to ten instead of five until nine. And as I understand it, at 5 o'clock there's a, a magazine-type show where they're still in the middle of everything trying to do local news, right. the sports breaks, the traffic breaks, and all that stuff. I don't get up at that hour of the day anymore, so I don't don't know. What I find interesting uh, about that is with Larry and John doing the originally 5 to, five to 9, now 6 to 10, every other morning show in Pittsburgh was 6 to 10. Right. And I never understood why KDK bumped it back that hour, not that there was going to be a more of a listening audience. Were they thinking the coal, the uh, steel workers were, were getting off the shifts or getting up in the morning or what? Well, it could be that, or it just could be because, you know, they they still consider themselves the main news source on the radio. Right. That maybe people tune in at 5 o'clock before they go to their mu- all-music shows. Because when you think about it, I mean, Larry and John, who are both wonderful guys and have done a wonderful job all these years, you know, they're just traffic cops in the, in the middle of the program. They're, oh, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they, they might do an interview here, there, and everywhere else, but they really go, okay, we're, we've just listened to sports, let's go to Rick Applegate at Heffron Tillotson, let's... Uh, Let's go to this. Let's go to that. Now the weather. Now the news. Here's the news update. Here's the here's the teaser, and here's a little funny little tidbit I just found on the internet. And da 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 da. Well, that kind of thing is now happening all day long. Yes, it is. And the whole thing with Marty and Wendy. When I first heard the program, I thought they were going to actually do talk. They're doing the same thing John and Larry are by right. being traffic cops. They're directing everybody in. They're getting what three minutes worth of conversation in between. News, weather, sports, and traffic. There's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a real cluster jumble of. Uh, <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, notice how I covered myself there. Um, yeah, it, it's a cluster jumble of of things, and and I don't know if if that's how they do it in other markets or anything. But, you know, I used to listen pretty regularly to KDKA for, for news and information and so on. I ha- I found that I have not listened to it in probably about a month. Is that because of the format change or because of your work schedule? No, it's because of the format change. Okay. I haven't listened yeah. to KDKA in years, I'll be honest with you. I-, I stopped listening to those guys a long time ago. Um Probably, you and half the population. The bad thing is, it's probably, as much as I, I, I don't admit saying it, it's probably when Fred Hansberger passed away is the last time I actually listened to the station on a regular basis. Wow. 
Yeah, it's been a long time. And the other thing is, too, is I, I did listen to Pintech. And by the way, for the audience that don't, doesn't know this, I found my conversation with Pintech on a hard drive. That was I, I was it was like a kid in a candy store when I found that conversation I had with him. The only time I ever talked to him, I actually was able to record it. And um, it's a very interesting conversation about him trying to figure out where he was going because he wasn't working for Katie. He was actually working for a station down south. And I don't know if he was doing it from home or if he was commuting back and forth. If I recall correctly, I don't think he moved out of the area because when he when he was uh, let go from KDKA the uh, the first time he was let go. Yeah. Well, he was only let go once and then brought back. Um, he was on, uh, Pittsburgh Cable News Channel. That's right. So, I mean, he had to stay local, so he was doing that other gig remotely. Um, but yeah, and, and of course we lost him, and, and I, I have to say, I, I rarely ever agreed with him, but he was one of the nicest guys. I met him at Katie's, uh, 90th anniversary, okay. I think. And that was down at the Heinz History Center. And I walked up and introduced myself, and he was so pleased that I did because he, he had followed the website. Mm -hmm. And just an all-around nice guy. I mean, like I said, I never agreed with him, or rarely, if ever. And just, uh, just all-around genuine and cordial and wonderful, and it's a shame that we lost him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's way too, too soon. Uh, the, yeah. other, the other story this year is Sally Wigan finally retired. Yes. A lot of people thought she retired a few years ago, but she officially retired. Well, Bill, November. you had her on your show at the beginning of the year, yes, and I, I had her on. I had her on a couple of weeks ago myself. And you know, the the one thing is that she has she has graciously backed down out of the. Uh, out of the gig and spent the last year at Channel Four as a contractor. Right, right. She was doing and, the Chronicle series that uh, they were doing. Right, and the last, well, probably the last three or four years of her career there. Um, but all around wonderful woman, just a just a real delight to talk to, as uh, as I know you experienced, and then I did a week or so later, and uh, just. Uh, she she will definitely be missed on on the air, but I don't think we've heard the last. Oh, of her. I I know I know we haven't. And and when I when I were was telling people that she was going to be on my program, they said, "How did you do that?" I said, "You'll hate to hate for me to say this." And they said, "What?" I said, "I asked." Yeah. And she jumped on it so fast. It was and again and the reason I did it when I did it is because she was just on Lynn Cullen's program on the city paper on her uh, YouTube channel. And I watched it, and I was just blown away because Sally has a wonderful presence. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, I can do it with Sally. We can do the conversation. I can ask her my questions. It was one of the most eye-opening interviews mm -hmm. that I've ever done. But the best part was I wasn't asking the questions. Yeah. She was just giving me the information about everything, not just her career, but her personal life. Yeah. And it was yes. and it was it was just amazing. And then after we got done and we got off the phone and we talked afterwards, she said, if you ever want me to come back on again, please ask, because I, I, I really enjoyed that. That was honestly that ranks up there as one of the best ones I've ever done. Yeah, she she was so genuine. And I mean, she came to the bunker and mm -hmm. 
For those who don't know, I have a uh, broadcast studio, a broadcast quality studio that doesn't broadcast except to the Internet uh, in my church. And um, she, I, I called her after you... Uh, you gave me the info. Yeah, I felt guilty, by the way, that I jumped on it before you did. <laughs> well, I'm glad you do, because, yeah, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, but I, I got the better interview, because I got her in person. Yeah, that's right. You got to talk to her in person. Yeah. <laughs> so, But she was very genuine, and, you know, the interesting thing was she she had other places to be, but my friend and I, who were in the studio together, she sat and talked with us for a good 30 minutes after the uh, the uh, interview was over. And it was just really nice, and it was very genuine and just, I mean, as you said, eye-opening, that, that she was very open about herself and not necessarily her career, although we did talk about a little bit about her career. But you know, it was really about... Uh, what she what she is trying trying to accomplish now that she's retired right yes and uh, again i was i was just very impressed and then another one that happened about the same time and i also had the opportunity of interviewing him was jeff frizella being out at kdk yeah which i think shocked a lot of people after being at the big k what do you say for 23 years 23 years, yeah, which which I found unbelievable, that, but then I remembered he worked under Kudzma. Right, and I, for, when he said that, I'm going, he's been here that long, because I, I, I thought Kudzma was off the air uh, longer, ago, longer than that, but I guess it was only been uh, within the 23 years. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I think Kudzma retired at the beginning of the 2000s, but as I understand it, he's still driving a... Uh, school bus in Bethel Park, which uh, which is kind of amusing in, in some regards. Does, does he give weather forecasts to the kids every morning when they get on the bus? Well, I know that's what I would do if I drove a bus. Well, so. him and Dennis Bowman should get together with Chester Drawers and they could have their own act. They could do a bus safety with weather program. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, and then with that, then we had... Um, the um, meteorologists from uh, WTAE being Ray let Petlin. go. Ray Petlin being let go, who went to KDK, which... Ironically, it, without a no-compete clause. So yes, he was I thought air, that was interesting. He was on the air very quickly, because even Sally told me that she has a no-compete clause. She can't go on the air for, for a year. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I found that interesting, but I, I think Ray... Give it time, and people will get used to him. I, I think you know the uh, the ninety something viewers uh, that watch KDK on a regular basis were upset when when Jeff was let go, and it it, it does appear to be for no reason. But uh, uh, some sources that I have uh, indicate that there was a reason behind yeah. it, and I'm not going to share it. Um, and I had and I had the opportunity to talk to him. Now, the interview that I did with him, we were not allowed to talk about him leaving KDKA, but we talked about his career, and he did throw a little of it in, but he never gave me a reason why. I'm yeah. honestly thinking Petlin is going to end up being the chief meteorologist there in the near future, I, if they have I one. Do. Yeah, yeah, right, and and there's, there is that. 
but it would be an insult to him if if they didn't uh, do that. And well, and the other thing is, is that I did not know this, but John Burnett at one time was the chief weather person there. Very briefly, yes. And, and I'm going, I can't and, and and that's when I asked him. I'm going. Do you really have to be a meteorologist, or can you just be someone on staff that said, "Hey, you're in charge"? Um, well, the neat thing about John Burnett is he came in '82 to host Evening come Magazine. Come on, make the connection because I, I I was going to do it if you didn't. And the thing about John Burnett is that John Burnett has done just about everything except anchor a newscast. Right. And, but I think if he were thrown to the wolves in the in that regard, as he it were, could. he could probably do it. I, and uh, there's there's another guy who's who's super super nice, and I've met him on occasion too. And uh, he he hosted uh, Evening Magazine. He hosted Pittsburgh Today with Patrice King Brown, right? Uh, for a few years, and uh, did Pittsburgh Today live and. A uh, couple of well, weather, of course, and just several other things, and just all around genuine, nice guy, and um, you know, so they they have quite a crop of characters over there, and and I'm not calling them characters in the negative connotation. It's just uh, you know the the team players in in the station who are just wonderful. And who did John Burnett replace when he came to Evening Magazine? Dave Durian. Thank you. I was waiting for you to get around to that. And what happened to Dave Durian? Dave Durian died a couple of weeks ago uh, of a short, uh, short-term illness. Uh, Dave had been a big wig after he left KDK. He went to WBAL Television in Baltimore, where he anchored the news for several years. Then went to 1090 AM, which is WBAL AM, which is one of two radio stations that Hearst still owns. And, in fact, the only two st- radio stations that Hearst still owns are in Baltimore. And spent a number of years there. I guess he was at Mar- Maryland Public Television as well. But uh, he, unfortunately, succumbed to an illness a couple of weeks ago. Now, he worked with Donna Hanover and Liz Miles. Whatever happened to those two? I'm not sure about Donna, but I know Liz Miles, after she was done at Channel 2, went to Channel 4 for a while right. as, a, as a feature reporter. Uh, Liz now lives out in Arizona, the last I heard. Okay. Did she, because trying to, trying to connect all the dots on here is difficult because at a period of time you had a lot of people that were bouncing back and forth between TV stations. Did Liz go to TAE after Cullen was let go? I don't think it was that late. I think it was before. Uh, um, I think Lynn had been at uh, twelve fifty by this point. Okay, but I think Liz went to TAE in the early nineties. Okay, I want to say because because Lynn was let go in the mid eighties, mid to late eighties. Yeah, from TV. Yeah, yeah, it was the late 80s. And, and, if, and if anybody's interested about that, all they have to do is uh, Google it and or go on YouTube, and there's an interesting piece on there where she actually goes to Katie K, and Ken Rice that was, is that talking to her. That was actually the mid-90s you're Mid, thinking was, of. Okay, so that was the mid-90s then. That was from yes, radio then. Yeah. That was from radio, so then, then she went to PTT. Right. See, I'm getting older, right. and the, all these dates start running together. 
Um, yeah, okay, good excuse. Okay. Yeah, it works, it works, trust me. The other one that um, I've been trying to get in touch with, because I'd love to talk to her, is Ann Devlin. Good old Ann Devlin, the, uh, the wife of Bill Flanagan. Yes, the wife of Bill Flanagan. And the reason I want to get in touch with her is because the interview that I did with Lynn Cullen, Lynn was talking about and doing this internet radio thing in the early 2000s that no one thought would work. Little did she know she was way before her time. And unfortunately, right. if she would do it now, it'd be interesting to see if she could take take off with it. Yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of, and like what we're doing right now, Bill, is, you know, it's becoming more commonplace. It still hasn't quite made the the, the, the tra- transition totally, but it, it's it's getting stronger. It's getting more attention to do things on the internet at a time that's convenient for you and your right. callers and, and guests and so on. And then we throw it on a web server somewhere, and people can listen to it at any time. Or you put it on a station like WMCK or or your uh, television station down there. And I mean, you know, it's it's not appointment radio or television, no. but it it is on demand, and that's what people want. What what I think is also interesting too is when I started doing mine, which remember when it was what two thousand six or thereabouts is it was very hard to get people on the program for interviews unless you knew them. Hey, I'm going to do a pro. Would right. you like to join us as a guest? Whatever it is, because people were very skeptical right now. I am getting people emailing me and calling me going, can I be on the show? Yeah. And I'm going, I'm not used to this. I mean, when I worked <laughs> radio, I had a producer and I was able to, or I produced it, most of it, but I was able to do it. I have books that are coming in the mail to me. I have yeah. these people that want to be on the program, which I think is fantastic because now I have a lineup. I'm booked all the way now until um, the uh, end of March with people coming on the program just to talk for an hour and they don't have a problem with the time, which that always used to be an issue is that, they had a problem. It was too late in the evening. It works for me because of the rest of my family. But I just find it interesting. I have one coming up in two a few weeks. I, I can't wait to do it. It's called the Coca-Cola Trail. The people, the places, and the history of Coca-Cola, which will be very interesting. Yeah. Larry Jorgensen is the guy that wrote the book, so I'll be talking to him in a few weeks. But it, it's just kind of interesting now that this has become... I don't want to say it's mainstream or totally accepted, but it's getting darn closer than what it was before. It's getting darn close, and and I mean it. It depends on how you market yourself yeah. and how you do things. I mean, it it, it just it, it's really. I mean, this this used to be a big time thing where you you know you had a radio show, you had uh, you were exclusive to one radio station, you had a certain time of day that you were on. You could maybe talk to somebody for 10 or 15 minutes before you had to go to commercial. You know, when I do a podcast, in fact, when I interviewed Sally, it was funny. She was in, as I said, in the studio with me uh, that day, and she looked at my computer, which is running Cool Edit and uh, recording everything, and she said, oops, we just went over an hour. You're going to have to edit. I said, nope. (laughs) I said, this is a podcast. It can go as long or as short as we want. I said, just keep talking. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, she, she was astounded. And, of course, 
We, you and I are still used to doing programs within 57 or 58 minutes. <laughs> well, well, wait, you and I together or you and I individually? Individually. Yeah, because yeah. together we're but never... Together we're that. good for about five hours. But, uh, <laughs> the the, 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 or, the uh, anniversary or, special, we were on for three. Yeah, right, right. And... Uh, yeah, the you, you, well, I remember the very first show I did with you in two thousand nine. It was it was an hour. We kept it to an hour, but then after that, it just kept growing Going. incrementally by by fifteen minutes or so each time. So you know, it, but that's the magic of podcasts. You have a no holds barred schedule. Yeah. You you can do um, you can ask anything. You can talk about anything. You're free to to voice whatever you want. Uh, within well, I I still like to hold it within reason. Right, exactly. There, but um, you know, it, it's just the magic that uh, that you have in the internet world these days. What I enjoy, um, and and we may be losing some of the audience on this, but when I talk people that worked in radio, traditional radio, and I talk to them about this new format, they actually seem more excited about this new format. Because they realize, and, and I don't want to say, I, maybe format's not the right word, but this new process of doing the podcast or doing it online or whatever it may be, because they're not limited by anything like right. they were before. I mean, talking to Jason a few weeks back, um, Tojer, whenever he was on the program, uh, one of the guys at WMCK.FM, that's why I think he gave me the airtime for this program is because I interviewed him. Oh, of course. Which, which yeah. I'm figuring, hey, why not? I'll do it more often. But, uh, but talking to him about it and some of the opportunities that they're looking at doing with the station itself, I mean, you can market it as a station and then do some of the program as podcasts that are on demand, and that way it becomes more interactive for the audience because right. out there there's more to it than what was out there before. So again, it's kind of interesting to be able to do this, um, and and. And uh, be able to talk on a regular basis. Another thing that happened, this happened in January. A friend of mine used to work here, and I guess it's being reopened from what I read on your site, PBRTV.com, but Radio PA is no longer shutting down. That is correct. And, you know, it would have been a real shame if it had, because I know it connects the state news to everybody. Yeah. And uh, the Maryland uh, counterpart, um, I what is it called? Uh, Radio Maryland, I guess. <laughs> that was a stretch, Eric. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I could be wrong about that. It, I think you're. I think you're right. Something in relation to that is uh, picking it up. Oh no! Great. It's Maryland Media One. Thank you. You're that, welcome. That's who owns it, but. Uh, they they have a name for the uh, the news program portion, but I can't. Owner not, of the Maryland it, News Network. Hey, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, why didn't I think of that? I have uh, no idea. I'm glad I'm able to read it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just kind of sitting back with my eyes closed. But anyhow, um, they are picking it up and they are going to continue the operations, and it'll still run out of WITF for the time being. Um. WITF these days are a great set of call letters in the modern lexicon of uh, the young people's language who uh, 
use the WTF. Oh, I was uh, I was afraid where you're going there. I didn't know where you're going, but okay, I got you. Yeah, uh, but you know, never thought of that when they called it that years ago. No, it didn't mean the same thing years ago. That's right. So, but but at any rate, um, I I don't know if this means that the operation will move to Maryland eventually, or right. if it will remain in Harrisburg but be elsewhere or what. Uh huh. But. Um, you know that that is great, and it it was great that uh, they were able to uh, come in to the rescue at the last minute. A friend of mine used to work there by the name of Gary Miller. Uh, Gary's the one that does my uh, liners for me for America's Classic Standard, and he's going to be cutting some new ones for this program. So um, when I heard that, I've known other people that worked there too. Gary was the most recent, um, and it's just a shame because that was a very valuable network, especially for small AM stations that didn't have somebody in Harrisburg covering news for them because it, it did. It, it was the Harrisburg link for local stations in the region. Right. Now, right. now one thing I wanted to ask you about this, because I wasn't totally familiar with it. They would send that to anybody that would use it, or did you have to be affiliated with them? Because I know WMBS was, but does that mean another station in the region couldn't be, or anybody could belong to it? I was. Ne- it was never clear to me whether what what it was, but I would imagine. I, I don't think it works like the the main networks. I think Radio PA covers all of Pennsylvania news, so therefore, if you needed a, a sound bite or okay. something. Um, or or a newscast for that matter. Um, now maybe maybe if if the newscasts were aired on your station, another one in fifty miles of you couldn't use it. But right. Um, but I think I think they offered both uh, both options. Mm-hmm. So you know it, it was just an alternative to the AP wire covering your state or local news. You had local news from the state horse's mouth, as it were. Okay. Okay. And that makes sense. And speaking of, of doing things that you don't normally have to do for radio or TV, I do because this is on radio and TV. Uh, you're listening to WMCK.FM, the keyboard, and you're watching us on Fayette TV Channel 77 in Uniontown in Fayette County. We like to call it Fayette TV. Anyway, uh, <laughs> still have yes. to do that occasionally. Yeah, I don't know. In there, yeah. yeah, I still have to drop those in there every once in a while. Uh, the big thing happened, and the other thing happened, I'm, I'm not going into last year, I'm just going in the last few weeks. Katie K fires someone for calling Tom Brady a known cheater. I can... Well, that was that that whole maneuver was just plain stupid on that, that person's part. Okay. And I, I I don't know who who the guy was. I don't don't know him personally or anything. But you know. I'm sure that there is a, a feeling in every newsroom across America, whether radio or TV, right. where they have a little bit of fun and so on and so forth. And the the only thing is that that comes across as appearing to be uh, biased and, uh, you know, let's face it, childish, but, you know, again, you know, things like that happen, maybe maybe inside jokes in the newsroom. Well, I'm wondering if they were joking around, they put it up, he thought he changed it, didn't save the new one, and when they went to put it up, the one that they were goofing around with showed up, and it was totally by accident. Cause I, I, cause I, I, w- I wondered I, the same thing myself. But I don't think that that's what ultimately happened. Well, and I don't either, because I cannot imagine them doing that. 
purposely. Really, why would you risk your job for something like that? Because now the guy has a GoFundMe page. He set right. all this stuff up because he doesn't want to lose his house. He's made every talk circuit in Pittsburgh that's dealing with, with sports. He's been on ESPN. He's done all this. I get it. But we know that if you put something up, you don't save it or you do save it. You try to change it and you forget to save that one and the system goes down or you're rushing. It could have been there. I mean, it, and, right. and, and did KDK do a investigation or did they just say you're fired? Well, I, again, I don't know the person. I don't really know the, the circumstances behind it, but I have the feeling that whoever ever made that decision uh, made it not hastily, but uh, after do, doing a quick uh, review as to what may have happened. Right. And uh, again, I think there was some attitude involved from what I from what I gather, from what I could tell, from from what I read, and and you know, going on the news circuits and so on and so right. forth. Um, the thing that floored me, Bill, about that was the number of broadcasters who were in support and who should have known better than to even try doing that. Right. You know, and it just uh, it just floored me. I had to kind of uh, correct a few people on my on my uh, Facebook PBR TV Facebook page and say, you know, you you should uh, as broadcasters realize that you know you, you aren't to put your own opinion or spin on a story. Right. Um, even in this day and age when it seems like everybody puts a spin or opinion on a story. Yeah, it, it was one of those situations where I was surprised that some of the professionals did take his side. And, yeah. I, and I mean, some of that may have been tongue-in-cheek. I mean, tongue right. firmly planted in cheek, but it didn't come across that way. Right. So again, exactly. that's, just, that's just one of those situations where... Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would have come out publicly to support him. But again, I'm surprised at the ones that did. And I wonder if they were reprimanded for what they said. Because again, like you said, that was very unprofessional. Well, and, and let, let me put, it, put something to you this way. The, something that I thought of as this all happened is that if this had happened in 1995, it would have been a good little joke and everybody would have had a good little laugh and... Nobody would remember it a year later, and you know he would have probably been taken into the uh, manager's office and said, "Don't do that again." But that was really good, dude. Right. But that was 1995. That was before things went viral. Yeah, that's, that's true. Viral was even a word that described pictures. Yeah. You know, and now that somebody grabbed the screen capture, you know, the the screen image, and um, posted it to Facebook, and then it went viral. That that quickly because everybody knows it's true but you know they're pointing it out you know it becomes a situation where the um the item in question could easily be seen by the person who was on the screen at the time in this day and age right so you know i mean are we protecting the image of the of the television station yeah probably uh, probably more than not yeah yeah so you know i mean it could have been somebody from uh, cbs who made the decision 
and you know well, issued the decree from on high or or something like that, or it could have been somebody down low who said. We don't want to hear from the higher ups, so we're just going to get rid of you. And that's—I never thought about coming in from coming in from New York saying, "Hey, you did it, you screwed up," because they're the ones making the decisions for the most part, anyhow. Right. And if someone called them, "Hey, what happened?" Now, yeah. one of your favorite subjects, and I'm going to bring this up because I guess a lot of people have been talking about it at the end of the year is KQV. <laughs> and the reason I'm bringing it up is because there was a letter from Elaine Lawrence of White Oak that went a little like this. It's almost a year now since KQV went off the air, and I have yet to find another station that fills the news void for me. I miss PJ Maloney's soothing voice when my alarm goes off at 7, and I especially miss the informed professionalism evident when he interviewed city and county dignitaries. I miss the in-depth weather forecasts and sometimes banner between the weatherman and the news reporters. I'm sorry, but I really don't care to hear about pet care as my alarm goes off in the early morning. I wonder who she's referencing. (laughs) If I was interested in that and other lightweight topics, I would find programs devoted to these subjects at off news times. I even miss Carol Finelli's traffic reports, even though I'm now retired and don't worry about rush hour traffic any longer. At least Carol talked at a pace I could comprehend and didn't try to squeeze 30 seconds report into 15 seconds. Sorry, but I just can't listen that quickly at my age. Please, please find me a radio station that gives me thorough, important news stories and weather reports each morning or bring back Katie Kay. I still miss you, Elaine Lawrence, White Oak. Well, Elaine Lawrence of White Oak, let me tell you, if you come up with about a $30 billion uh, lottery win, go right ahead and uh, fund that station because that's what it's going to take to, uh, to make that happen. You know, the, the sad thing about what KQV did, and I mean, it, it was a wonderful station. It, right. It served, it served the public well. Um, is that the all-news format that the Dickies held uh, together by uh, bubblegum and duct tape Yeah. is a very, very expensive format to operate. And people don't realize that. They don't, because they think it's all handed to them. Now, KQV was a a, a class unto itself because they actually sent a reporter. I mean, if you watched the the TV news at night, it was probably the only, well, I mean, KD might have sent somebody, but KQV were the only uh, radio Radio call flags that I saw on the microphones. But KDK, they actually double dipped because if a TV reporter went, they would use the radio. They would use right. the TV feed on radio. Exactly, and they still do that despite being owned by separate entities now. Oh, that's uh, true. I forgot about that. Yeah. But you know, but KQV had a staff. They were they were they were billing okay, but they were they were still in a very expensive downtown office building. Right, and paying. Uh, a five-figure sum a month to rent the space, which was I, I had never went in there, but uh, but I did hear that it was a sizable uh, space to to operate, and um, and they had just moved in there in 1992 when Rick Seaback talked about stuff that's gone. They right. were in the you know he was talking about the uh, Chamber of Commerce building. Uh, 
you know, where they were beforehand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's a very expensive format. It is not going to come back. I'm sorry to say, um, and that's that's the way it, that, and that's the way it is. So, what's going to come back? What is it going? Because I know you have the inside information on this. <laughs> well, do I? I, or I, 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 don't I mean, know. I remember an afternoon or an evening sitting there talking with the big, the, the big cheese over there at Broadcast Communications. Well, it, just because you were in on that conversation <laughs> does not mean that that's how it's going to end up. I don't think it's going to go anywhere near how that how that conversation went. Well, the the fact of the matter is is that we had it on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, from, I heard. And, and by the way, the five tower transmitter site that uh, KQV used for seventy plus years is virtually in my backyard. Uh, and I say virtually because I can look out the back window and see it across McKnight Road. Right. Um. We had it on a couple of weeks ago to extend the silence authority that is uh, that is required. Well, that has been in place because we have to move the transmitter, and um, the transmitter will be moving to the WEDO tower by early to mid summer. I'm going to say, uh, from my last understanding, and there there are several things that have to happen in order for two AMs to operate from the same stick. And it's called diplexing. And there's there's a pretty extensive piece of equipment that has to go into place to make sure that they don't uh, over-bleed on each other and right. so on and forth. And so there's time to take care of that. And, of course, you have to climb the tower. You don't want to do that in winter weather. You don't want to do it in rainy weather. So we have to wait for the Pittsburgh monsoon season to... to uh, yeah, <laughs> to uh, go away, and you know, hopefully, again by midsummer, we'll have that uh, up and running. Any idea what the format's going to be? Well, the format a couple of weeks ago for about two weeks was, was uh, easy listening, which I think is a wonderful format. It sounded great on there. Yeah, actually. yes, it did. And, uh, you know, we were simulcasting WKGO out of Murraysville, which is of the. Uh, uh, our uh, educational uh, wing of the company, um, well, which is actually a separate company, but uh, you know that's in ownership only. And uh, can I ask you a dumb question about that? You, you certainly may. Okay, because how can it be considered an educational identity if it's not being used for educational purposes? Well, here's the, here's the thing. Everything on the FM dial from 88 to 92 uh, is con- is the educational FM band. Right. Anything that's on there has to be an educational channel. You could you could have 24 hours of armpit farting and ducks quacking and stuff like that, and still be considered an educational outlet. But everything from 92 on up to 108 is the commercial band. Right. However, there is uh, room for educational FM stations. Uh, look at WAOB, for instance, at 106.7, which is non-commercial. So you can have a non-commercial in the commercial band, but you cannot have a commercial in the non-commercial commercial band. Commercial band, right. That's on FM. 
On AM, anything can be educational, anything can be commercial. It doesn't matter where on the di- the AM dial it is. But but see, I can understand calling it non-commercial. I get that. But right. I don't get calling it educational unless it's being used for educational purposes. Well, that that is true. Because unless you're I, having a high school or college student or someone that's learning how to run a radio station or running educational programming, how can you call it educational? Well, you can't. I mean, that's, uh, <laughs> but I mean, the, the fact is that it's all one and the same. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at uh, QED television, for instance, and you know that's an educational right license, right? And it's I, also and a I, non-commercial I, license. So that there are, it's either or. But you know, I mean, it's probably better to use the term non-commercial. I see. Than I it is right. educational because I know. I know college radio really well with with where I was and where other stations are on that side, especially down here. We have quite a few of them because it's an educational facility because kids are learning how to do it, which is amazing that kids are still interested in radio. And when you tell me that there's or or even with some of the religious broadcasts that are going in the non-com band or the educational band. But I right. think you're right. I think they should call it non-com and not educational. I think they need yeah. to change that classification. But that's well, the only that's, thing that's, I wonder. That's also an old-fashioned term. Educational and, is. Well, yeah, for okay. for broadcast. Yeah, okay. Because, again, if you think when Channel 13 signed on, it was an educational license. It was used in schools. It right, was, exactly, yeah. And so there, there's that, but non non commercial is a better way to describe it now because there's really no requirement that you sit there and have a classroom on the air. Yeah, unless you're Dr. Weiner. But uh, well, anyhow. Uh. <laughs> and speaking of KQV, this past summer Chuck Brinkman passed away. Yes, unfortunately, and uh, he had had some issues that uh, that. Uh, he could not recuperate from unfortunately he had had uh, a number of health issues and uh, he was an all-around great another great guy that i got to meet one time uh, just uh, by a stroke of luck that's um, something i was invited to several years ago and just uh, just an all-around nice nice man and just a uh, classy guy and had a good sense of humor and you know, he really didn't let the fame go to his head, but you know he enjoyed the business and yeah. uh, uh, had fun doing it. One of the things that he did, and I have actual photographs from that event, is he was the one that was lucky enough to introduce the Beatles at the Civic Arena in 1964. Yes, that was um, his big claim to fame here in Pittsburgh. A friend of my father was at that concert. They took their uh, Kodak uh, Instamatic camera with him and took pictures, and I have pictures from down front of the Beatles wow. and also of Chuck. And the bad thing is, I have no idea where I put them. <laughs> well, you'll come upon so, them someday. One of these days, I'll find them. But it was like it was like looking at um, it was it was a time capsule is what it was because the right. banners and just watching it was just amazing. It really was to be able to yeah. see that and. Uh, and they were they were black and white. They they weren't black and white. They were that uh, very early stages of color. If you remember, they weren't really crisp, but you knew there was color there. Yeah, they looked yeah, faded I, for the most part, but they were they were uh, they were official from the concert. And I uh, 
had other people look at them and share them too. So it was kind of fun. Now, one thing you and I had the opportunity of going to in September, which it's hard to believe that it was that long ago. It was actually we... in October. That's why it's hard to believe it was that long ago. Oh, wait, your post is saying it's in. You did the post on September 26th. That's why. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, that was the introduction to it. I'm sorry. It was the following yeah. week, if I remember correctly. Um, but it was the Society of Professional Journalists at the SPJ Pittsburgh Pro Chapter, and we had the opportunity to listen to Sally, Harold Hayes, Andy Gassmeyer, and co-panelists and moderator, your friend and mine, Lynn Cullen. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, I had a friend with me who... who um, I, I wasn't sure if she would be interested, but she actually enjoyed every minute of it. And um, you know, it was fun to watch, actually, a representative from each of the big three stations, because Andy Gassmeyer was Channel 11, Sally and, and Lynn were Channel 4, right? and then Harold Hayes was Channel 2. Uh, just to hear their stories, and of course it went downhill very fast, because... <laughs> We got into the gloom and doom stories, and we never quite made it back out of there. I will take responsibility for the last one. That was yeah. my fault. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I thought they I was realized gonna... who you were, they, uh, oh, this is why. Yeah. I thought I was going to have Sally in tears when I mentioned that. And the whole Krispy Kreme donuts and 9-11. Yeah, yeah that was. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, one thing I learned about that day, Sally will eat. If there's food available, Sally will eat. In the middle yeah. of it, she, she was going back and forth and getting pizza. She will eat. Yes. Well, I mean, you have food there and you're hungry. Uh, you don't want to pass out in front yeah. of the crowd. <laughs> and we were a very loose crowd. Yes, very. And, you know, it's a, it's a shame that there weren't more people there. But, I mean, it was a, just a typical college classroom. So it was kind of a uh, an in, intimate space to begin with. But the... the uh, the great thing about it was that, uh, you know, they they shared stories. We had some good laughs. I mean, Andy Gassmeyer called the White House a hospital. Yes. Uh, you know, so. And it's hard to believe that he's been off the air for as long as he has been off the air. That's right. And he looks very young yes. still and in good shape. And he has been on, uh, how long has it been? I can't remember. It's been almost 10 years. Ten years, I think. Yeah. So two thousand. It would have been well. Ten years then it was two thousand eight. He retired. Two thousand eight. Yeah, that's right. So it's been eleven. Uh, eleven from eleven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing is that Andy is of the age, and I think of the of the era. And this is one thing that I'm going to be talking about with Eric Miner on my podcast this Saturday, which will be up for air Saturday evening. Uh huh. So. Um, is that Andy had the opportunity to renew his contract, and he thought, eh, nah. And I think part of it was the fact that these reporters now have their devices in their hands at all times. Right. And they're supposed to use Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and get the story not correct, but at least get it out there so that people know. But they may post false things because they're required to get them out there as soon as they possibly can so that you know to watch channel whatever right. at whatever time to get the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. And you know that, 
the the journalists uh, of a certain era think that that's ridiculous. You know, it's important to get the facts straight before you go on the air and report something that isn't true. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, there there is that, and again, that's that's technology that um, you know is. Uh, you know, it it came around so fast, but nobody had any rules for how to use it. And that's, I think, part of the problems that we're dealing with right now is because no one knows how to use it properly, and right. it's it's all hit and miss, which is a bad thing because a lot of some people are getting in trouble for using it. Well, because they're not using it properly or responsibly. I mean, let's use that or responsibly. I mean, then look at uh, you know, one of the main sources of that, and we won't uh, name right. names, uh, but uh, you know, the face is usually a frump. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, that just endorses bad behavior, as far as I'm concerned. The and up- you know. It- Again, it, it is. And Andy, I did not realize, was working. He was on the satellite network. Yeah, I don't think I knew that either, but uh, I, I can see why uh, why he got out of that. He he went back, he actually downgraded himself from national to back to local. Right. And, uh, you know, did so, uh, you know, humbly, but uh, probably wisely. And was Harold Hayes um, basically the only one there that was with one station, I mean, for 37 years? Uh, Well, yeah, I think so. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, one one local station, of course, Sally was at, at Channel 4 for almost 39. Right. But she had worked elsewhere before coming to Channel 4. Well, he did, too. He worked radio, but he was yeah. working in Peoria and, and everything where else. Right, that's right. Um, but, again, it, it's hard to believe. In this day and age, you'll never see anybody at a station for more, probably more than 10 or 20 years. Well, will you see anybody in the business for more that's, than 10 or that's, 20 that's years? That's actually very true You're true there, yeah, too. In, in, this, in this day and age, I mean... Uh, this is this is another thing that I intend to to bring up uh, come Saturday is the fact that and I'm I'm hum- humbly promoting the PBR TV podcast, which I'm averaging about one a month at, at this point. Uh, so uh, just go to pbrtv.com and and uh, subscribe to my uh, podcast.com page and you'll you'll know when there's a new one up because it'll tell you at one thirty in the morning the <laughs> day after I post it. Um, but, uh, you know, kids who go into journalism or even into broadcasting are being taught the, the, the wrong thing. They're being taught how to be glamorous people on TV. Right. They're not necessarily being taught how to get the story, which is the more important thing. They're not being taught how to be journalists. Right. They're, they're, being, they're being taught they're, how to be broadcast right or, they're 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 news readers for the most part right right you know and you know the david johnsons of the world they're they're not going to have they're not going to have the name or clout recognition that that uh, bill burns had years ago exactly. or that david johnson has now or Even, mike clark or, or ken rice or yeah you're right ken you're right rice, yeah well 
Eric, I got to do something real quick and we'll continue because those of you that are listening to us on WMCK.FM, it's time for me to wrap up the show. And if you'd like to hear the complete conversation with Eric O'Brien, all you have to do is go to italkradio.us and you can actually download the complete talk with Eric O'Brien. And if you're in the Fayette County area, all you have to do is watch the complete uh, conversation on Fayette TV channel 77. And that will be posted on my Facebook page and also on Fayette TV's Facebook page. So everybody at WMCK, have a great night, great morning, great afternoon. We'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Okay, that's done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that I, I, i'm not used used to doing an hour program anymore and it's like i i gotta watch a clock and i gotta figure out and if we're in mid conversation because it's new to me to be uh, be under that that uh that re- self-restraining restraining guideline now because like you said earlier we can talk forever when it's just well, on I, a podcast I- form it's the great thing, again, about podcasts. You know, I, I do two programs on uh, KHB still. I do a 30-minute uh, public affairs program that I like to call In Touch. And, uh, you know, I have to watch the timing on that. But I have people who don't even get to 20 minutes before they're saying, okay, I'm done, uh, yeah. I don't have anything to say. But then I have people who want to continue talking after I have to cut them <laughs> off. And then I have to play editing man, too. Um, but then I also host the DeWalt's Health Hour, where I usually have uh, non-loquacious guests and have to vamp for 45 minutes or hope that somebody calls dur- during the live hour and you know takes up some time and lets me uh, drink my juice in the morning. Yeah, it, it is, it's something different. Now, one thing about the, S, uh, the, uh, the, the panel that we got to see, one thing I thought was interesting, and before Lynn went on the air at, at Pittsburgh City Paper, I actually interviewed her, uh-huh. and I had the opportunity to talk with her. And when I found the recording of the conversation, I could not believe it was 10 years ago. I could not believe that either. It but- blew me away because I'm thinking there is no way she's been doing that show for 10 years, and I'll be darned, she has. Yeah, and very faithfully, and you know, but she's not held down to any restraints. Right. If she doesn't feel like doing a show that day, she doesn't do a show that day. And if you've noticed recently, she's had a special guest on the program almost on a regular basis, and that's Sally Wiggin. Yeah. Which I think is very entertaining. And the other thing Lynn's done, um, which the format I'm using here, she uses with her sister when she talks to her brother and other guests. But she's actually they're actually having more people come into studio with her. Yes. And do it, which is also very interesting now because it's giving you a different opportunity to see the conversation a much different way. Now, one thing, um, and I, I know she is still considered Pittsburgh lone liberal, even though she does not like that term. She's one of the very few people that are talking that side of the political spectrum in Pittsburgh. Right. right. And it's sad that you do not have that opportunity to hear the other side of the fence and it's only one type being pushed literally down people's throats because that's all that's available. Well, supposedly, here again, is that it's, it's what brings the ratings and, and so on and so forth. I think, personally, and, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks. You know, I mean, you don't have to agree with me. I don't have to agree with you. That's the beauty of this country. 
we have that freedom. The thing that I hate about that format is the fact that so many people believe everything that is said. Exactly. And it's not, and you better believe it because this is the gospel truth. Right. Well, it isn't necessarily the gospel truth. It's just a another, um, you know, another outlet. And mainly, I think the original intention was that it was to be entertainment. It. Well, see, that's the other thing is a lot of these people that are hosting these programs are entertainers. Right. And they the were pe- top 40 DJs before they were talk shows. And then people are realizing it. One of the reasons that I was so glad I left is because people thought I knew what I was talking about. Right. When I was, I mean, honestly, I just knew as much as the audience did. And it goes back to something that Doug Hurth told me years ago is that he's not an expert. He's not there to change anybody's opinion. Right. He's, he's the only one that can change the opinion is the listener themselves. If you want to change your opinion, then change it. But don't blame it on me if you do. Right. And then, right. then the other thing that frustrates me even more are these people that are now online, especially these 20-somethings that are claiming they're experts. And I'm thinking, you haven't lived long enough to be an expert. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and, and the research you're doing is sloppy because it's just, you know, what what you find on Wikipedia or right. whatever. One of my bosses, Jim Humes, Humes Broadcast Communications, in other words, the old AM 1130 WASP, when I started doing talk for Jim, I was in my 20s. I was in my mid to late 20s. I was a WMBS doing talk. I was doing fill-in. And then when I went to WASP to get my own program, Jim thought I was older than I was, which was interesting because he had me for class 10 years before that. <laughs> he said, do not tell anybody your age. I said, why? He goes, because you're under 30. Yeah. You don't have a right to know anything if you're under 30. He said, That's don't right. tell them. And the honest thing is, for the first two years, I was playing five years older than I actually was, just so the audience would think that I had enough experience. Right. And it was hilarious because you there's I still have the tapes. You can listen to them. And when someone would ask me something, I had to do quick math to figure out how old I was <laughs> because we, we it was a misnomer at the time. Now, officially, I am 52, which I hate to say that. But uh, but again, it just goes back that that we have these 20 something. I mean, look at the look at the uh, the cable news outlets. They're bringing 20-something-ins as their political experts or analysts. And I'm going, you haven't lived long enough. You don't know any president. are they experts and analysts, or are they just people who are cute enough to qualify for TV time? Uh, Yes. You know, and and that's the key thing that you have to remember, is that they're not, their ability to analyze something is is total crap but anybody will believe what they say because they they are given the term analyst and and as i tell people just because i'm on tv does not mean i know what i'm talking about right i mean you're you and i are having a conversation right now this is how i treat all of the programs that i host you know let's let's not talk about a subject per se let's have a conversation right, about right. the subject if we if you want to have callers call in, fine, that's fine, we can do that. If not, you and I are having a conversation. That does not mean that you know everything there is to know about the subject. 
But you can tell us what you know. If I knew everything about the subject, I'd be sitting here talking to myself. Right. I mean, and that's that's been, and that's been, and that's been my logic for years. And when I, uh, when I discuss this with students that I've, that I've worked with in the past, I tell them, I said, if you're going to talk to anybody and you're going to do it on either radio or television, the most important thing you can do is listen. Right. Because your next question or your next comment is going to be based on what the person said before you unless you have to steer it in a certain direction. So for the most part, listening is the, is your only tool because you know where you're going next. And that's one of the difficult things for a lot of these people because they don't listen. They talk over each other. There is no conversation anymore. Right. Right. It's, it's a very sad world that we live in. People don't listen to one another. People just... Uh, they, Let's face it, a lot of what you see on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or any of that are people talking over each other. Exactly. exactly. And that has become a, I mean, you know, you know that it, when you were in elementary school, you were corrected for doing something like that. But now that's becoming the normal routine because, you know, you see it on TV, then it must be acceptable to do. Exactly. And it's frustrating, too, because it frustrates me when I watch it. And now, um, I used to consider myself a political junkie. I don't watch it anymore. Yeah. I very rarely watch the news now. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm watching for a weather forecast, and I don't even have to do that. I can get that off my phone. Right. Or I can watch Jeff Frizzell and his whiteboard weather on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the mighty have fallen. As I told uh-huh. Jeff about that, I said, if you can monetize that, I honestly think you could do better doing that than what you were doing on KDKA. I think you're right. Because you're right. people want it short and sweet and to the point. Well, that that's one thing. But they also want, and I, this goes back to, to what you and I are doing even right now. They want down-home goodness. Right. They want, you know, they want uh, two people having a discussion about anything yeah you know the anatomical juxtaposition of orbicular orus muscles for instance (laughs) you know i mean somebody will listen to it well what i'm afraid of and i and it's one of the reasons why i booked people up until the end of march is that i haven't taken callers yet yeah and i i'm willing to i'm more than willing to take callers again i'm just afraid of what they're going to talk about right because i the whole idea of doing political talk again, and I did it on my podcast, scares the heck out of me because, like you said, if I don't agree with somebody, there's go- they're going to read me a riot act. I had a young man on the program, on this program, actually was the first person when we fired it back up again, who is a former student who lives in D.C., who is a speechwriter. He was a speechwriter for the... Uh, um, EPA, one of the branches, and we were talking about everything else while he was making some political comments that I did not argue with, didn't agree to disagree. I had someone call me on the program and says, I want to rebut what he had to say. Wow. And I'm thinking, he didn't say anything out of the ordinary. But yet right. he said that he was a certain political affiliation and you had a problem with that. So you were going to come on my program and you wanted to argue with me about what he said. And I said, no, that's not going to happen. 
And that's yeah. what scares me about this is because a lot of people now feel that they have a right to tell everybody what they think and that everybody else is wrong because according to them, that's their First Amendment right. Well, it is, but it isn't. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not to come on and contest what somebody who is an expert on something knows. Right. I mean, if there's a wrong fact, okay, that's then one clarify thing. Then clarify you're going to rebut the whole thing. It's ridiculous. But when our founding fathers did the first or the, the freedom of speech, the First Amendment, it had nothing to do with electronic media. It was That's some right. guy standing on a soapbox on a corner screaming and yelling. Doing right. hear ye, hear ye. That's what it was. It was not what we're doing right here. So if I'm right. working for an ident- identity, if I'm working for one of the major networks or if I'm working for a major station... And they tell me, you know what, we really don't like what you're saying because the advertisers, they're allowed to do that. Right. Has nothing to do with my freedom of speech because they're paying me to be on the air. People don't understand that. Which takes us back to the whole Wendy Bell situation. Exactly. And again, they said the TAE was infringing on her freedom of speech. No, they were not. No. Because she represented them right. on that Facebook page. Right. And again, that's what people don't get. And they don't understand the concept behind it. It you know, you still work for a um, an entity. You should abide by their rules their and policy. they have every right to say, Okay, you know what? Because you represent us and we don't necessarily want that kind of uh that kind of publicity, you're out of here. Right. And that's perfectly fine and dandy. But again, like you said, they have a problem with that because they don't understand how it works. That's right. Because, well, we think she's a wonderful person and she has a smiling face and she's one of the nicest anchors on there and whatever. Well, that's all well and good. But there are still rules to be followed. Well, and that's also whenever they're on Facebook or Twitter and social media and they comment something that's negative and they're using their station handle or ID, you're still representing that station. That's right. I don't need a slap in my face if I'm your boss saying, oh, did you hear what so-and-so said of your station? Is that how you feel, too? Right. Well, no, and I can say no until I turn blue, but what's going to happen is, well, it must be true because they posted it, so you must agree with them. Yeah, and it's just yeah, one of those exactly. situations where where it, it's it's guilt by association is what it is, right? And you know, if you become more of a risk than an asset, well, then your risk is out the door. Yeah, and uh, that that's exactly what happened there. And you know, in to her credit, she was able to maintain some sort of uh, FaceTime. Yeah. Uh, not not using the Apple software, of course. I mean, you know... Having well, she may own... have, for all we know, she may have been using it. That's true. But, uh, you know, using, um, using social media right. and her own website and so on and so forth. And then when Marty Griffin uh, took time off to deal with his health issues right. over the summer, she was one of the main fill-ins. Um, now, she's, she's a gifted chatter... But she, you know, she is definitely one-sided in her viewpoints. And, you know, she says, let's let's all get along. But then she, you know, touts her viewpoint. Right. Uh, after telling you, let's all get along. I think in this, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. This is my opinion. 
I think that she is a very talented news reader. I think, I think most people these days, save for the professionals, right, so to speak, are just good news readers. But I, th- I don't. But I think what happens is when they get put in another situation and they start believing in their own press, that's when they get in trouble. Yes. Because they now feel that, oh, I do this and everybody thinks I'm this way. Now that means I have a right to say what I feel. And I'm thinking, no, you don't. You don't have a right at all because, again, you're working for that employer. And that employer can terminate you at any given time for something that you say that they don't agree with. Or that they may agree with, or but they get the pressure from oh, the advertisers. Yeah. yeah, and that's true too. That's very true. Yeah. So. No, it, it again. It, it's a touchy subject all the way around, and I don't know if we're ever going to see a, um, a a solution to it because, as you mentioned earlier, we have somebody of of in a high office that doesn't give a darn what anybody says, and right. he just keeps doing it over and over again and he doesn't care who he hurts or who he offends but if someone comes back and attacks him he starts claiming he's being criticized too unfairly or too harshly and that's not fair well wait a minute you can't do it to me and then me doing it back to you is unfair right right it's perfectly fair but you know if you're going to take your toys and go home then don't bring your toys out to begin with as i'm going to change it since we're getting close to valentine's day all All's fair in love and Twitter. I think that's the new saying. <laughs> I think you're right. Because that's exactly what it's turned into. And, and and again, you go back and look at Twitter when it started. I don't think they intended it to turn into what it turned into. Now, I use it. I don't use it to put political beliefs on it. I use it to give um, basic tidbits about what I'm doing or about something I've read or something like that. But the ones that are using it as their their uh, soapbox worries me because that means they can only speak in 140 characters or less. Right. And what's that teaching anybody? Well, it's teaching how to be antisocial, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's very true. You know, and you know, there's there's nothing I like more. I mean, I like I like having the uh, ability to send somebody a text. Right. You know, when they. When I need something from a friend and I don't necessarily want to call them, I can send them a text or send them a time release, as I like to call it, a or a tape delay is the term that I was using the other day uh-huh. uh, to kind of uh, coin an old-fashioned phrase back into the modern lexicon. Um, you know, I can type a text message, and if I know that it's bedtime for them, I can send it at about the time they wake up and, you know, they get it and think I'm awake and respond. Right. But, uh, you know, I have really, you know, sent it the night before. I, I enjoy having that ability, but nothing beats sitting down and having a face-to-face, phone-to-phone conversation where you're not talking over each other and, you know, just shooting the bull, as it were. Mm-hmm which uh, you and I do very well. so <laughs> Extremely well, which is kind of scary if you think about it. Yes. Um, but again, it, again, it, it, it's just one of those things. And it, it, it's one, we could actually do a whole program on this and just how the whole idea of social media has changed 
the way broadcast journalists and broadcast outlets actually look or what they feel their responsibility is now because a lot of the stories, and Sally said this at the SPJ thing, is that the reporters feel this need that they have to tease their story online so people watch it on the station. But why bother when you could put the whole bloody story Story online? online, Exactly. And and we've seen what's happened to newspapers in the last uh, couple of years where they're disappearing because you don't have a physical paper anymore. What you end up having is you have this digital... Um, a digital site, and people don't feel they need to pay for news anymore. Right. And they're trying to go back on their uh, ways, and they're trying to figure out, oh, crap, you know, the technology took over for us right. so quickly that nothing was in place. But unfortunately, in, in that regard, you know, it's too late to really go back and say, oh, <laughs> Just kidding. We, we, you have to pay for this now. Well, what's that story? Once you let the horse out of the barn, it's hard to get him back in. Yeah, and right. that's exactly, exactly what they did. But because I think what their logic was, and I and I said this too, I think their logic was is okay. We're going to show them that this content is important, and they need the content. And then at a certain period of time, we're going to start charging them for the content. Well, the problem with that was is the people said, "The heck with you. We'll find somewhere else where we can get it for free." Right. Right. I mean, yeah. I honestly, I'm starting to think right now what I need to do is I need to do a podcast and have it sponsored, and I'll just sit and read the newspaper. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I could, do it, I could do it cheaper than what, what they are, just one paper, and we'll sit here and read it, and we'll show the comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so now we take a break for Apartment 3G, and... Yeah. And, and it's later that same day. And speaking um, of comics, next week I have Joe Woes, the cartoonist of Moon uh, of uh, Maze Tunes, on my program. He'll be on Tuesday night. <laughs> there you go. So I, I had to get that in there. I had to get that plug in there for next week. But he'll be on the program on Tuesday night as this we talk about. This conversation is just full of promos. Yeah. Tonight, hey, so. why not? Um, yeah. Maze Tune. Joe's uh, Joe is actually doing vo- voiceover work now. I don't know if you are friends with him on. Uh, facebook or not but he just started doing voiceover work in new york i don't even know who i'm facebook friends with these days so. <laughs> well one thing i've learned and, and uh, i've learned about doing this program is if you just send out saying hey i need people to be on the show to guest uh i get all these responses all of a sudden i'm going i didn't know i was friends with you i mean this is kind of cool <laughs> yeah do you yeah. have anything to promote i mean there's a yeah. few that I'm trying to get back on that we've talked to in the past, but of course they're too busy or too famous now that they don't want to give me the time of day. Of course. We're not going to mention that Jim Locate guy, but anyhow. Um, oh, well. There's know. a couple other ones out there too that uh, we're trying to get back on the program because I think it's time to update the interviews that we did 10, 15 years ago, which to me is I was talking to a, a gentleman uh not last week, the week before, by the name of Chris Brogran. He's an internet marketing consultant. Him and I met in 2006 at PodCamp in Pittsburgh. And it was like, he goes, when he realized it was that many years, it was 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and he goes, it seemed like it just happened yesterday. And I said, I know. I said, I cannot believe that 12 years went by that fast. They did go by fast. And, you know, it, it's amazing how... How quickly things are going these days, but of course they say as you get older that that's what happens. But Time flies when you're having fun, right? That's right. That's exactly right. So. But, uh, 
anyhow. Anyway, Eric, I appreciate it. Um, again, we go longer than at one hour, like we always do. That's why this is a podcast. And <laughs> we, uh, I will put a, a call out there uh, again to uh, to subscribe to my podcast on podcast.com, where you can find the PBR TV podcast if you do a search. And uh, uh, coming up Saturday, I will have Eric Miner. He uh, was um, an anchor at uh, WTOV Channel 9 in Steubenville and is now the director of uh, something or other student affairs or something at the Isaac uh, at the Reed School of J- Journalism at WVU. Uh, so he'll be joining me. We'll talk a little bit about his career and why he made the switch. And, uh, you know, my, my one and only podcast up there right now is with Sally Wiggins, so go ahead and tune that in. That's that's getting a lot of uh, hits these days, so uh, be sure to tune into that. And uh, who knows who else will show up on the PBR TV podcast. When you talk to Eric, mention to him a friend of mine who works down there, who also was part of the department. He also uh, works for the Mountaineer Sports Network by the name of Chris Austin. And okay. Chris was actually, I was a grad assistant when Chris was a student. And to ask, to tell him to ask about the time we were in Punxsutawney for Groundhog's Day, which was a very interesting story. Um. I'm sure. <laughs> it's it probably repeated over and over and over again. But no, yes, it is. Yes, it is. But Chris, uh, Chris, is, Chris has been down at WVU now for almost, what, 15, maybe almost 20 years, I guess. So again, there like you, you said, time flies when you're having fun. Sure so, does. So, Eric, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I, I, I say it, and I mean it. We need to do this again. Um, we, a- absolutely. You know, we, we always have fun. We always go on for hours. And <laughs> we, we may have lost audience, the audience totally, okay. but, but again, uh, there's a handful of people that pick us up in the middle of it, and I enjoy it because it keeps me up to date what's going on in the city of Pittsburgh and in media throughout the region. Absolutely, and uh, you know, anytime, whether whether planned or an emergency fill-in, I'm usually always available. I appreciate it. Eric, you have a great night. We'll talk to you later. You bet. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Eric O'Brien of PBRTV.com and also of his podcast at Podcast.com. Uh, look for it. Mine is also at Podcast.com. You can uh, check out all mine. Uh, mine is listed up as online with Bill Alexander. If you want to get there quickly, all you have to do goes go to is italkradio.us. Kind of original, huh? And uh, you can uh, download those and subscribe to that page. And also, don't forget to check out my YouTube page um, for the program. And all you have to do is to get there directly is go to billalexander.org, and you'll be able to subscribe to that page. Um, again, everybody, don't forget you can listen to the program now on WMCK.FM. We're on at 9.05 every Tuesday night. We're on at noon on every Thursday. And we're on Sunday at some time because I don't remember what time that is. I think it's 5. Anyway, we're on Sunday. So check out the local listings on WMCK's website at WMCK.FM. And we're also on Fayette TV Channel 77. Uh, we are um, part of that system uh, that we run overnight. Recently, we had the wonderful opportunity to talk to uh, Brian uh, Bear Mitchell about her uh, books, uh, D- uh, Della and Lila Meet 
The Monongahela Mermaid, and then they have another book coming out this spring, and that will be the last of this series. And uh, Brianna has agreed to come on the program to talk about her new book that she's writing sometime here in the near future. So that's going to do it for yours truly, Bill Alexander, and we'll talk to you next time. Next Tuesday night, we'll be talking to Joe Woes, the cartoonist of May's Tunes, and he is now um, listed in the Observer Reporter out of Washington and Pennsylvania, that is. And um, I believe, I'm thinking he's the Uniontown Herald Standard, but don't quote me on that. I know he's in the Washington Observer Reporter. But Joe will be on the program. We're going to be talking about cartoons, his work that he's doing, and we're going to have some fun with that. So uh, again, please join me next week, and we'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Well, I'm tired and I gotta go home. And I gotta go home My baby told me she's gonna set me free If I don't hurry back home So I better be on my way How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.